0: everybody. My name is Drake Pittman and this is Pass the Jar. Welcome back to Pass the Jar. Today we have a uh, special guest. He's been a longtime friend of mine. He is a pillar of a community. We'll get into that a little bit later. You probably know him more for his football career, but we're here to know him as the person. So today's guest is Chavis Williams. Chavis, thanks for coming on man. Thanks for having me on, Drake. How you doing bud? I'm doing pretty good. Can't complain, man. Staying busy through all this stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah non stop. So tell us a little bit about yourself, man.
1: Um I'm originally from Door, Alabama. Um grew up there all my life. Um attended Dora High School. First of all, I attended T S board all the way from kindergarten to eighth grade. Then went to Dora High School. And um like I said, was very fortunate to um continue playing football at um University of Alabama. And um fortunate enough to have a year and a half with the Baltimore Ravens as well. And like I say, I'm just a homegrown Walker County kid. Just trying to give back. Oh.
0: You got a pair of Dora boys you're listening to today folks. Uh, Chavez and I actually met freshman year of high school and the Chavez you see now with the the muscles about him and everything <laughs> that's not the Chavez I first met. He was tall and lanky as hell, you know. <laughs> so, football's done the body good for this man. Um so tell us a little bit about high school football growing up or let's uh, just start off, with, you know, with football in general where you developed a passion for it.
1: Um, and with the passion, it developed at a young age with my, um, uncle, um, my mom's brother who lives in Chicago. He actually came down in the summer, um, when I was five years old and and signed me up to play football and, um, just some of the coaches along the way just, just gave me that, you know, belief that that was something that I loved to do. And, and also what you don't see a lot nowadays is kids outside just playing in the yard, you know, playing pickups, I mean, over the (laughs) days, you know, and, and I tell young men all the time today is that uh, when we was young, you know, we, we tried to emulate professional football players or somebody big names. And we, I mean, like Randy Moss was big when we was growing up and we wanted to be, everybody wanted to be Randy Moss, you know. But it started, you know, it started with that. I always was, I've, I've always called myself a competitor. It don't matter what I do. Growing up with um, six brothers and, you know, I'm in the middle of all of them and, and just competing over who food at the table when we had my dad's on the weekends. and uh, but. I mean, it just – football just gave, gave me so much, you know. It's the greatest game of all time. I yeah. mean, I, I believe that wholeheartedly. But um I want to say that when we was in high school, that was, the you know, the, the best run of door football history. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we went deep in the playoffs every year. Uh, a lot of fun times. And, and the thing about that is the relationships that we built alone that time. and you know, Coach Johnny Wright, when he came in and, and got the program off the ground and um, – we had and a lot of we had a a lot of really good players. I mean, I was fortunate enough to go to college, but I I, I wouldn't sit up here lying if I didn't say that there were guys better than me at yeah. that time. You know, I just got the opportunity, to, but those year those four years, four to five years, man, those were the best years of my life, and I, I, I'm always gonna remember them and hold them close. And the relationship that we built in high school, I mean, meeting you and, and several more that I call real good friends to this day. But football wise in high school, man, we we just we just always believed we was gonna win games and um just see the community behind us and you know, all the parents, good parents and, and it was just a fun time. I, I try to explain it to anybody that I come in contact with about their high school years to enjoy it, man, because when they gone you, you just look back and, and look be like, those were some great times and and I wouldn't change it for nothing in the world. And, and like I say, doors holds a special place in my heart forever.
0: Yeah. You know, going back to Seeing, you know, less kids outside of playing. Like, you know, when we were kids, uh, before everybody outgrew me, obviously, <laughs> uh, we'd pick up, play a pickup game, but we'd be like, you're Brett Favre and mm-hmm. you're Steve Young mm-hmm. and, you know, all that, because I could throw left handed too, mm-hmm. right handed, left handed. So I'd be like, oh, I'm going to throw lefty today, so I'm going to be Steve Young. You know, we don't see that much these days. No, and Xboxes. Yeah. It feels like they're trying to be more of a tactical genius on Madden mm-hmm. than, uh, actually trying to get out there and bust some tail. Mm-hmm. So what, uh, what do you think we could progress, uh, like, kids playing outside more? What would be a good way to do that? You know, NFL has played 60, but we need more programs like that around here, don't you think? Right.
1: I think, in the community can can do it. Uh, you know, the representatives of the community can do it. They uh, a a job, not that they do a bad job of really promoting, you know, promoting it, and and it takes work. It does because yeah. of what we done got to, but it takes – Getting programs together, you know, I I wish they were bringing back the Boys and Girls Club around these areas. I mean, I don't see, you know, you got big brothers, big sisters and uh, those type of things to get kids because kids don't know. They only know what they see. I mean, I don't know if it's that parents are working a lot more nowadays that they don't spend much time with their uh, kids or drug problem or whatever it is. But there's got to be some kind of gap that we got to. Bridge to yeah. where we got to get kids outside, you know. It's good for the health, too. Yeah, you know, and and you want to talk about football and athletic part of it. That's how you become an athlete by going outside and getting different movements going. You know, it ain't just got to be football, it can be playing basketball or racing or
0: riding a bicycle. I uh-huh. mean, when the last time you seen a kid on a bicycle? Well, or a <laughs> little man, he, he rides his yeah. bike every day, <laughs> you know. But I, I get where you're coming from, and uh. That's what throws me off a little bit. We didn't have as much technology growing up. We had playstations and mm-hmm. stuff, but it, I guess it was just more of a drive, right, to get out there and do it, right. You and, know, if it was me going out and chipping golf balls or something, I was just, I just made only to be outside.
1: And I and I tell my I got three boys of my own. I tell my oldest one, he's fourteen. I tell him all the time, man, there's nothing wrong with playing a video game. Yeah. You know, that, that's what that's a good thing. I sit there and play it with him sometimes, which I don't have. Hardly any time in the world to play a video <laughs> game. But I get it. Like, right now, it was a dead period. So, me and him played quite a bit yeah. here recently. But, I mean, we just got to find some type of way to yeah. get it because
0: it's under attack. I mean, sports know, is under attack. I agree. And that's why you're seeing such a – we'll go into high school now. You see such a discrepancy of talented versus, you know, just your average guy that sits on the bench is – it's somebody that does want to play football, but they didn't put in those hard hours that the three, four, or five star recruits put in during their childhood, getting out there and busting their tails. So, uh, do you see, like parks and recreation? They do they, they need to focus more on getting the just the average kid, you know, a little more active because if they see the potential.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, and you know it's it's this thing out there called dad ball. It does exist. Yeah, it exists in, in, in youth league, and I got some coming up through it now. And uh, what I would like to see from from what you call and they're volunteers at the end of the day, so they're doing the best they can. But you know, getting getting the spirit of the game up, like you said, and getting getting the average kid to where he can believe in himself. Yeah, and kind of like what happened with me. You know, I was I wasn't the best. I mean, as a young kid, I was uncoordinated, clumsy. I can remember <laughs> all that. But it took. But what got me over the edge was was being around good people. You yeah. know, getting coaches that invest a lot of time, and kids see that. And um. Uh, no matter if you're the fastest or can jump to highs or, or whatever, but they invest in time with you. And I just think that the youth coaches just need to get back into uh, teaching fundamentals instead of just worry about winning a daggum fake $1 ring. Yeah. I'm <laughs> sorry. I got to tell the truth, man. I, I see it all the time. I see travel baseball teams, man. They get rings every weekend. Yeah. And, uh, and it's like the ones what you get out of a ring on a coin machine. Yeah. But if, are we really teaching them something? You know, yeah. are, we, are we really teaching them the values of being on the team? Or are we just teaching them to chase some kind of ring because we got the fastest player at nine years old? Yeah. And so the best player, he's going to be good, but what about the kid that don't got much confidence? Yeah. How about spending a little more time with him? That's
0: I'm totally against participation trophies, but you should also focus on the kids that you see potential in. You just, they they're not trying hard enough, or they may be missing that one quality that pushes them over that edge. Like you said, there was guys that you thought were better than you, but I know you. You you outworked everybody, and I believe that's what got you to where you ended up. And uh, if we focus more on the what we see in potential, and then instead of just the talent that we already see, I think we could progress sports a little more. Yes, sir. I agree wholeheartedly. So, uh, going back to high school, you talked about Coach Wright and everything. Our four years of high school. I, I wholeheartedly agree that we were we had some of the best runs of Dora football ever. I think our worst year was like our sophomore year when mm-hmm. we went like seven and four or something yeah. like that. Uh, that that group of you guys, our our grade, um, we had what twenty one or twenty two seniors our senior year. Twenty one. You know, that's a cohesive unit.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Several of you still played both ways, but you still had the specialty skill players and everything. What do you think we brought to Dora? Through those good times of football, and what could we bring back? I mean, they're they're getting better. You, you coach for an opposition team, but we'll talk <laughs> about that later. But what do you think about then versus now?
1: Oh, like I said, I think back then that we were just so close, man. Man, it was just man. We went over each other's houses. We knew we knew what each other liked to do. We know what we didn't like to do, and that goes a long ways. With when you line up and you know you compete and you know you can count on that brother because you you. You you do got a bond with him outside of the field. Yeah. You know, you actually are you could brothers, you're not faking. And um so I think that's what has went distant a little bit is kids do not build relationships with each other so much because of cell phones, more more technology. Yeah. What we talked about earlier. But I, I just think and I think it's getting better. I do. It just take work and it, it takes it really takes and I hate to say this, it really takes good parents too, you yeah. know, of, of somebody a guardian or somebody that's really pushing their kid, you know, to to get out the video game, to get outside, and so that's that's why I think
0: we're at right now. Yeah, we, you know, I didn't play football obviously, but I still hung out with a bunch of you guys, and y'all y'all were close. I knew y'all had that bond, but I was like, they're still my friends. And mm-hmm. these days, it's you, you, you're not going to discuss tactics and. Football stuff over Snapchat.
1: No, nah, no, nah. you're not. <laughs> it's all about what it's all about getting likes, man. It's all yeah. about
0: it's a popularity contest. We used to sit in speech and all that stuff, even in our freshman year, and I listen to you guys talking about football nonstop. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what translated onto the actual football field mm-hmm. when you guys played and practiced was that communication, that bond, and yes, Coach Rott. Coach Wright's a huge he, I didn't play oh, football yeah. and Coach Wright was a huge influence on my life. Speak on Coach Wright a little bit. Um uh, he's what I mean, he's a big reason what I am today.
1: Yeah. You know, a coach. And that's the reason I wanted to be a coach, you know. So obviously he did something, right? But his just whole charisma about him, man. I mean, he he, he was demanding, I right, and lovable at the same time, if that makes sense. And um, you know, he started off really, really hard and I and me being a coach now, I get that because it's a saying out there it's always easier to let up than to try to get hard after you've been easy at first you know you know because he wanted to get his standards in place and, and that took a while but once he got it in place he, you see the results yeah and um but like I say I, I talked to him to this day I talked to this day I mean he was in the hospital a couple of weeks ago I went and visited him he's doing well now but um and, and that just and if I change the phone number I make sure he got it you know, we, we stay in contact a lot and, um, and, and I have stuff all the time what I ask him about now for, um, for advice on if a situation come up and he's just a great guy and, um, Dora was fortunate to have him and everybody wants to say it's about timing. Yeah, it is timing. All, all jobs about timing, but you can have a bunch of talent. Okay. And still not do good. So there has to be something in there that, that gets the most out of what you got. And I think he did a good job of that. And, and his, one of his favorite sayings was, finish the drill. That's what anything. That's school. You know, that's work. That's anything you're doing in the community. That's anything. You been a husband, a father, you know, just doing what you're supposed to be. Hold yourself accountable yeah. and hold others accountable around you. But Coach Wright, man, I can't speak enough highly of him, man. It's, he he was a special,
0: special thing for Dora, Alabama. He, uh, he had a huge influence just on everybody around mm-hmm. him. He had the aura about mm-hmm. him, you know, and it wasn't because what he did on the football field. Partly so, but more importantly because of who he was as a man, you know, he would, if you were having a crappy day, he'd talk to you. You Or or Sheila, you know, his wife. Mm -hmm. They both would.
1: Great family. Yeah,
0: all around good people. But what he brought the door in a football sense was four good years of our lives for sure. And he he had had a second run Mm -hmm. recently too, right? Yes, sir. And that's when I started coaching when the first year he came back.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I went from, I got cut. On the Monday I was on the sideline
0: helping on the Friday. Really? Yep. So let's uh let's talk about a little bit about the recruiting process, give some people insight into it. You played both sides mm-hmm. of the ball. Um when did you know you were gonna strictly focus on your defensive skills? Well if it was up to me, I would have never gave up <laughs> tight end. But
1: <laughs> but no. But it was the it was the um it was May before our senior year. It was May of two thousand six. It was the end of our junior year, and um, you know, Marquise Chapel was really, really great. Great, one of all time greats door high school history. So he he had a lot of buzz. You know, recruits come around to see him. He he was on a lot of people's radars, and um, I can remember it was a um, one morning during the school week, and um, every time that, and that's the other thing about the coaches—they would try to help anybody. Every time coaches would come see Marquise, they would um, Coach Wright would pull me and Ryan Creel out of class, you know, so the coaches can get a look at us as well. And I remember the coach from Arkansas, Mike Markinson at the time, his recruiting this area. And um, and I we got introduced to him and and, and I can tell how he was looking that he was talk, you know you can look and tell when somebody's talking about you before you walk up. Yeah. And I, he was like he shook my hands. He was like, You got great you got big hands and And from that day it started to where I started receiving um uh, little bits and pieces from the University of Arkansas. And he started coming coming around a lot more, and and by midway through my um senior season, well, back up a little bit after that day that I met him, I went home and told my mom. You know, she my mom really she's very supportive, but she didn't know nothing about no recruiting. Yeah, I mean, I, I barely did. <laughs> I mean, I and then I played football because I loved to compete and I loved the game and I loved to be around my brother. You know, that's and if I had any advice to get any kid now, I would. I, don't play for scholarship. Those will come. Play for that you love the game. Don't disrespect the game. Yeah. And that you love the camaraderie that comes with the game. And uh, so I worked really hard that summer, busted my tail like I did any summer. But um, started getting a little more buzz, and halfway through my senior football season, I got my first offer, and they were from the University of Arkansas. Yeah. How ironic that was. But that's – So – And if I had to thank you, know, I thank Marquis too. Marquis Chapel because he got the – He what got – college recruits around door High School again. Yeah. So he, he need to be thanked as well.
0: Mark man, he was a hell of a running back. And uh but with you, we got used to seeing you playing tight end, the defensive end, and then when the recruits start coming around, I remember you letting us read uh a letter that one of the Arkansas recruits had sent yeah. you one day and the tides pun intended changed, yes. didn't they? Yes. It did. <laughs> uh, you had a special visitor come by door yeah. one day and you had all of us trying to <laughs> get down there somehow, and I was I was an office aide at the time, and I was sitting there looking on the camera. I was like, "Holy crap, he's here!" <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that man still in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, you know, Nick Saban.
1: Yeah, he. And and before that, you know, that's when around the time when they was on the coaching um searching Alabama, and they were talking about Steve Spurrier and Rich Rodriguez, and and lo and behold, Nick Saban come to town. Yeah, and I, like I say, being a, a a football junkie, if you want to call it. me, I can remember him on the sideline at LSU when they beat Oklahoma in the championship. Yep. And I remember Marcus Spears picking off a pass. And I played defensive end, scored a touchdown, award number 84, the number I wore. So it's, it's yeah. a long story behind all that, but I can remember all that. I'm like, dang, it'd be nice to play in front of all that, man. Yeah. Just the excitement. And we had really good crowds in high school. I remember no my, nobody familiar with Door High School. I mean, we used to have the game packed. Um, people used to have to park on the baseball field. Yeah. I mean, that that was an annual thing. I mean, it, you know, you had to get there early. You weren't gonna have a seat. But Coach Saban coming to University of Alabama, and, and um, and what stuck with me was Coach Wright was who I leaned on for advice because I I was new to that. I knew nothing about recruiting, man. I just knew that you got a chance to play for free. Yeah, that's what you know. And and um, his his best advice to me was if you're gonna Stay in stay in the state of Alabama. You probably need to go to an in-state school. He was like, if you're going to stay in the, in Arkansas after you get done, then the job opportunities will be out the window because you got a University of Arkansas degree in the state of Arkansas. He was mm-hmm. like, but if you went to the Alabama Auburn, your connections in this state would be out the gate, and that kind of stuck with me. So it was a it was a long. It was not easy as people thought it was, just because you know Coach Saban, the greatest coach of all time. Asking me to play down there. It, it went over that, though. I really had to sit down and think about that. And one of the toughest phone calls I ever had to make. And the people don't know, I was committed to the University of Arkansas for, for four months. Yeah. You know, and, and that was a mm-hmm. lot of time. They came down. I, I worked at Green Top Cafe in high school. I mean, the head coach, Houston Nutt at the time, came in and ate. You know, met my mom, came to my house. But, you know, that was a tough decision to make. Now, if I go back and do it all over again, I will make the same decision every time. Yeah. I made the best decision. I made what was best for me. You know, it might not have be been best for everybody <laughs> else. It was best for me. And through that, growing to the University of Alabama, it has helped me out so much with connections in this state, with my profession, what I'm doing right now. Yeah. And um, that, that's how the recruiting went. And I... I loved every minute of it. And, you know, you don't really know how special it was until you get older and look back. Yeah. You know, it was kind of just another day back then. You yeah. know, like us discussing the letters and stuff. I'm just like, well, it's, yeah. they kind of want me to play for them. I don't know if it's a big deal or not.
0: It, it was wild because most people start getting recruited early on, and you could tell it was all new to you. Coming in, all this attention and everything. I remember as I was like, Chavis is on rivals. I was like, look at that, and committed to Arkansas. <laughs> I didn't I even like, know what rivals was before. Yeah, <laughs> you know that. That's when, towards our junior and senior years, when it really started picking yeah. up. When kind of the Tim Tebow to Alabama mm-hmm. rumors started going around, but uh, we, I remember looking you up on rivals and like that boy made it. Look at him, and then you, you telling us all these stories yeah. about coaches coming in and yeah. talking to you and stuff. And I can imagine how wild that was yeah. for you. It was it just was. like a whirlwind, wasn't it? It was. You
1: talking about somebody who hardly been out the door. The whole life, yeah. and then the first time I get on the airplane, it's by myself going on an official visit to the University of Arkansas. <laughs> with a changeover at the airport, I didn't know we changed planes, so I'm chasing luggage down in Memphis to get on the plane to go to Fayetteville, Arkansas, by myself at 17 years old. <laughs> but but it, and there McFadden, for running back, one of the famous running backs for the University of Arkansas, he was my
0: host on my visit to the University of Arkansas. See, that, that brought so many connections and opportunities for you yeah. through that whole process. And like you said, being committed to Arkansas, a lot of people may not know that about you, you know, other than those of us uh-huh. who are close to you. You were committed for, like you said, four months. And when you decided to go to Alabama, it's kind of like breaking up with a girlfriend you've been waiting for a long yes. time for. It, right? yeah, it's breaking that commitment. Yeah. Man. You don't want to do it, but nah. you have to realize what's best for you in the long run. Yes, exactly. So when, you know – you. It came out that you were going to Alabama. We were stoked for you. We were like, okay, yeah, more of a reason to go to Tuscaloosa <laughs> every weekend. And then, so when you got to Tuscaloosa, life, did life change much for you? Oh, yeah. It changed a bunch.
1: I mean, we have growing up in Door, Walker County, period, yeah. and going to a college town. Not only a college town, a college town known for football and something that I played. So, you know, it was a little uh, – um was a little – um, star status there, you know when everybody know your name by just looking at you. Never met these people in your life, and that what's up, Chavis? Chavis, what's up? How you doing? You get called Chavis a know. lot. Yeah, <laughs> I get called. I get mistaken for that a lot. I just go with it, man. I know what they mean. Yeah, but you know, you are walking the first day on campus, and you got guys speaking to you who you never met in your life, and you like this is a big deal. Yeah, this is a big deal. You know, and one of the hardest things I had to get adjusted to was time management. You know what I mean by football, you're on a structured schedule, and even with your academics. I mean, you got study hall. All your classes is done by 1 p.m. You know, then you football from 2 to 6. Training table, study hall again. But as far as managing time, with like having fun and when when you're having too much fun. Yeah. What a lot of kids can fall under. So I had to adjust to that very well. And 17 years old when I got to college, so. But it, it, I adjusted and, um, and it was
0: man, it was high school was the best time of my life. People don't believe it.
1: Yeah, college the second best time of my life.
0: That's everybody may look at you and be like, "Oh, he played at Alabama. That was awesome." You know, that probably was the time of your life. But man, high school, you, I wouldn't go back because I love how mm-hmm. I, my life is now. But no doubt. I I would. There were certain times I would love to go back to mm-hmm. homecoming parades. Mm-hmm. Like I, am pretty sure I still have a picture on my Facebook of me, you, and Krill sitting yeah. on the tailgate yeah. somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and, and uh, going back to Alabama, that it's ran like a business down there. Isn't oh it? yes, it's. It, I think
1: it's ran better in the way in the country. I mean, I I think a lot of people agree with that. And it, it sets you up for of life in so many ways, man. It, it structure. you know. And you, like I say, accountability is a big thing. It's a big deal. I mean, you get punished if you don't do the right thing. You see, say- not only do you get punished, you get told why you got punished and you know what mistake you made, which I don't think you get a lot of places. I don't think a lot of people learn from their mistakes because they don't know, you know, what 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 they did really
0: in the end. You see, so many uh high-rated recruits or players that you've been wanting to, you know, take see take the field, they can't stay out of trouble, and that's something you manage pretty well. And like I said,
1: time management is the number one thing. Yeah.
0: All right? Good head on your shoulders,
1: and not even with a good head on your shoulders, it's just choices. You know, it comes down to choices. Life is all about choices. It don't matter how old you are. I mean. You three years old. You put your hand on the stove. You are gonna get burnt, right? Yeah. I mean, that's it's it's down to choices, man, and and, and that's a big deal. And it's tough choices. I mean, a lot of people. There's a lot of people sitting in jail right now. You know, that are
0: very good people just mm-hmm. made a bad choice. Yeah. yeah. What was the uh, What was the first thing they told you when you got to Alabama? Was it you know, put on some weight? We're gonna swap your positions. What was the first thing they told you? Well, the first thing we're gonna put some weight on you.
1: You know, I can't say exactly what they said, though. But we're going to put some weight on your little light butt, that light tail. And that, that was one of the first things. And um, pretty much, do what you're supposed to do, you'll have a chance to play. Yeah. you know, and they, they never lied to me. Do what you're supposed to do, and you'll put yourself in a position to have a chance to play. They never say I was going to be a starter.
0: Do what you're supposed to do, and you're going to have a chance to play. You, uh, How much weight did you put on between senior year of high school and, we'll say, end of freshman year in college?
1: Oh. Um, at first, putting on weight was hard for me because I and I was so active. I never sat still. I mean, we had a break. I'd be at the rec center playing basketball, you know, or doing something. But i
0: about 15 pounds. You made a rather famous play the first game of the, your freshman season, didn't you? Sophomore year. Sophom- was it yeah, sophomore, sophomore year sophomore, yeah, sophomore yeah, that year? Yeah, okay.
1: that time go together all the yeah, time. Yeah, it it's crazy.
0: Uh, kind of the game that got us on the national stage against yeah. Clemson. Tell us what went through your head when you made that sack. <laughs> Man, I- <laughs> I, I, man,
1: I, that play played in my head about 50 times before it happened. Really? I visualized that happening in my sleep, laying in the bed, you know, walking around, in class sometimes. I just visualized myself making a play like that and it came into reality. And it was, looking back on it now, I wish I could have enjoyed it a little more, yeah. you know, those type of moments. But I, I was, it was just, you know, you're so programmed, you're so oriented on what you're doing, you just, it's the next play, it's yeah. the next play. You know, don't live and die on one play, it's the next play. But, like i said i
0: i visualized that play a whole
1: bunch of yeah. times
0: before it happened i remember watching that when you made the sack i whatever was in my hand got slung across <laughs> my house out of excitement and i was like look at him i was like that that moment where you see somebody doing something they love and they're excelling at it you're like you're proud for them and uh all of dora oh was proud i can't of me even count time. all the text messages i yeah. got from people from high school man from you guys
1: i can't i can't count them it was and like i said, say it it got it made this picture made of the Sports Illustrated. Yeah, I, mean, I still got that issue copies, somewhere. Copies of that. <laughs> but I, I remember getting back to my phone after showering and getting back on the bus. I had a bunch of messages. Yeah. That, that was all good compliments. Of, and, you know, I I tried to text everybody back I could. And that's one of those moments where you say, when well, you're adjusting, you ain't, I, I went that popular in high school. Not like that. Yeah. They're getting a lot of messages from people. But I tried my best to
0: respond. Who were some of your, like, mentors that catch your head on the straight and everything down there in college? Yeah.
1: Uh, I have to say mentors. Most of my mentors in my grade, like, um, you know, Brandon Gibson. He was one of those that was really, really good. Um, Greg McElroy, you know, me and, me and G Max still talk to this day. Awesome. we I all the time. Um, at the time, people, um, That's about it, right there, as far as mentors. Yeah, yeah I remember because, we, because we, most of the older, you know, most of the older guys they were they wouldn't coach coaches guys, so they was,
0: yeah,
1: you know, they were kind of red flag guys. I call them. They were good people, but they kind of always didn't do the right thing. So, but we kind of, and that's a unique thing about that 2007 class. We kind of was our own mentors and hung together, and yeah. we kind of one of the ones that 2008 deserves all the credit. They do. I mean, you got Julio, Dante, Courtney Upshaw. You know Mark Barron and those guys in that class, but we—I really—I tell somebody this all the time. The 2007 class was was the ones,
0: all right, that got this thing off the ground. Yeah, I agree. Um, when you progressed, you eventually got named as a starter. And how did that feel when you got that heads well, up?
1: Well, I actually got <laughs> named as a
0: starter early as a sophomore.
1: <laughs> and, yeah, and you know it kind of, kind of. Got a bunch of mental error you know not not really focused on what I was supposed to do but later on went through went through years of being a um, situational player then got my chance again my my um, senior year senior year and uh, and that was that was a dream come true you know to have your picture on that board you know before the game on the screen before the game yeah. calling out where you're from and what you know your name and it lets everybody know that cheering and, and, and um, it was a uh, a um, it's a great moment, and
0: like I said, that I just loved every minute of it. Yeah. So after after your time at Bama passed, well, hang on. I just want to point out one thing real quick. Okay. When you were getting recruited by Alabama, you're actually not weren't an Alabama fan, were you? I wanted to leave that out. I, ain't <laughs> want you, I actually was getting recruited by them. So I call it soft recruit. Yeah. You
1: know, because that was. I mean, I got an offer from them, but I, it wasn't much interest there. I can tell. But yeah, I was a that other school. I don't mm-hmm. want an Auburn fan. <laughs> yeah, um, I could I could, I can remember, um this is a funny story. I don't know if you remember this. I can remember graduation practice. Marquise had a motorcycle and I drove it to graduation practice and they made a video of it and they got it all of a sudden the Auburn shirt this after I signed this after I have committed and signed with the University, University of Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> and they show a picture a video and it, it it's on an Auburn a guy with an Auburn shirts on. It don't show the face. Then all of a sudden, it looks up at the
0: face, and it's me, mm-hmm. my dumb tail. Yep. <laughs> Just wanted to point that out. He yeah. was he wasn't an Alabama fan, but he knew what was best for him at the time. You know, it <laughs> takes some people
1: time to see the light, but I finally saw the light. I mean, Ladarius Juicy Johnson used to always tell me, you know, <laughs> that
0: he don't know why I go for that other school in this state. <laughs> Juicy listens, so he's yeah. gonna get that. He's gonna have a moment of pride right yeah. there. So after Alabama, when did you kind of decide you wanted to do some pro ball? Well, that was.
1: It wasn't my goal coming out of high school, but when I got to college, and you know, you go through that whole process every year. You see guys that play with you that go on to have a chance, and I, I said, I ain't gonna set no limits on myself. If I work real hard and get a chance, I feel like I can make a team. You know, there was talks after my senior year. That's the year of the lockout. That's when they closed it down for a little while. That yeah. I was gonna get drafted late. You know, I talked to the Kansas City Chiefs before the lockout, and they was, you know, basically saying that they might take a look at me late in the late rounds. And when the lockout um was was over, I didn't have much buzz the first day, but I got a call from um the Baltimore Ravens. And uh, oh, during that time, I actually, it's first time in my life I actually thought football was over yeah. when the lockout. I mean, I. I remember um, sending in uh, resumes to Alabama Power. You know, I was going to try to go get a job. I mean, I had two boys at the time, so, Mm -hmm. you know, trying to support them. And um, so, actually, I had stopped working out. I mean, first time in my life, I just said, I I guess it's over. You know, I did all I can. Like, God, want me to do something else. And and I hadn't worked out in about three months before. And I got a call from the Baltimore Ravens. for me to come up and try out. I remember like it was yesterday. I was sitting at my mom's house. She was crying. I'm crying. <laughs> I mean, I'm crying like a little baby. <clears throat> because I, who knows? Uh, uh, just, just a young man from Dora, Alabama getting a chance to play up in the big leagues. And, and, and I think I was representing for not only me, but for uh, a lot of people. You know, and it was a, it was such a surreal moment. And I'll tell you that. Happiest day, about besides the birth of my kids, about the happiest day of my life, man. It, it
0: Whew, that was, that was a good time. It always seems like Alabama players kind of grav, get, gravitate towards the Northeast, mm-hmm. like Baltimore and New England. Those coaches up there, I guess they love the hard-nosed style that we're taught down here. With well, Baltimore,
1: you had Isaac Newsom, yeah. I mean, an Alabama legend. So, you know, he tried to keep at least three or four Alabama guys on his roster when he was the general manager. That, yeah, that's that, it. Do, it does seem like that. I mean, you got New England, you know, the Ravens, the Jets. I mean, yeah, they, I guess they love the brand of football. Yeah, they know we we coming in ready. And, and how complex defenses is, especially defensive players. They know that they can't do nothing that we ain't already done. I mean, you were
0: used to you were pretty much playing an NFL NFL style. Defense I mean, the all term I mean the
1: terminology in the NFL was easier than college. Really, if that makes sense. Yes, you hear that a lot from Alabama yes. players. I mean, it's it crazy. Was trim, The playbook tramped down. I mean, yeah. We got a playbook, um, and what can I compare it to? I guess in college to two science books. I mean, that thick. Yeah. You know, and, and terminology was about the same, but so it's an easy transition. And I got blessed enough to go on a veteran team. I mean, you got the, the likes of Ray Lewis, you know, Hall of Famer, Ed Reed, Hall of Famer, Terrell Sub, future Hall of Famer, Hololi Nada, future Hall of Famer. I mean, I can go on and on and on. I mean, that. I mean, it was an easy transition. I I consider myself blessed. And and looking back on it, as veteran as that team was, that was one of the hardest teams to make. So, it ain't like it was an easy road for me. You know, it it was veteran-led. So, it ain't much room for a rookie undrafted free agent. So, I knew what I was up against and went in there and busted my tail and ended up actually in camp, in rookie camp of the first year in Baltimore. A lot of people don't know this. Before I went on practice squad, that day, they was back and forth about me making the 53-man roster Mm -hmm. opening day. Wow. But I went on practice squad for three weeks, and then I ended up getting on active roster. And my first game was against
0: the Pittsburgh Steelers. So you (laughs) – Ooh. Was there any, like, moments of, oh, crap, you know, starstruck moments or moments of feeling like, you know, I I made it?
1: Well, the first time I met Ray Lewis, I was – like a like a fan. Yeah.
0: You know, that was,
1: the, that was the day I got there. The whole team was getting physicals at a, um, a um, nearby doctor's office. And I remember him walking by and I'm like, I'm in the same presence as Ray Lewis. Ray freaking Lewis. I'm in the same <laughs> presence as him. and So, yeah, it was, I was kind of like a fan starstruck. But it didn't take long because at the end of the day, it's still the same game. It's like
0: your job. You know, it's still the same game. Yeah. You're just getting to play it with some exactly. heroes. Exactly. And- You're getting to play it with some really good players. <laughs> so – you played one whole season in Baltimore? Mm-hmm. One whole season. And then uh, what happened after that?
1: Um, I got hurt towards the end of my first year. I tore my Achilles. And that's kind of a hard injury to come back from, yeah. which I bounced back pretty good. And I made a lot of strides. I weighed the most I ever weighed in my life. I was 255 pounds. I mean, that, yeah, that's putting on a lot of weight. In <laughs> yeah. Baltimore, I put on about 20 pounds in a, in a year and a half. And, you know, it's kind of one of those things. I, I now at that point after looking back on it, I achieved as high as I could. I, I honestly believe that. Yeah, I honestly do believe it because, I mean, it, I thought I had a chance of making the team that next year, but a couple things came down to play. I mean, I, they drafted somebody the year before I got there, and you know they're yeah. gonna go with the money yet. And when I got cut from there, I tried out for the Buffalo Bills. And I tried out for the Kansas City Chiefs, and I didn't make either one of them. And also the Green Bay Packers. I remember trying out for the Green Bay Packers. Now, we'll get into that in a minute when we get into coaching. I was actually helping that door, and went and tried out on a Monday for the Green Bay Packers, really? and was back coaching high school that Tuesday. But didn't make those. And so, and I guess it was God sending me a sign that it was time to move on. Right. You know, and like I
0: say, I I, I wouldn't trade none of it. Yeah, you still got to do something that a very minimal percent of the population get to do. And you get to you have to live out your dream, but more importantly you got to go to the pros, which any pro sport, you see the discrepancy in the athletes mm-hmm. between even college and you know, like a guy that never really gets to play it or a walk on for to a guy that makes it in the pros. So you get to see that discrepancy, so it makes you thankful for it, right?
1: Yes, it makes me very. I'm very fortunate, man, and blessed. I call it blessed. Ain't no yeah. I'm, I'm just blessed, yeah. man. I, I'm blessed. Good Lord, has blessed me in so many ways, and I can never thank Him enough. Uh, by me thanking Him it's by me doing what I'm doing now, doing what He He
0: He's leading me to do. So let's uh, let's transition into life now. After you you decided to hang it up on the pro pro scene, you uh, you went back to school. Did you go get a teaching degree or anything? Yes,
1: actually I started out as a volunteer. Yeah. The first the first year I was a volunteer the, the, when I got back volunteer and the funny thing the second year heck my insurance was up from the NFL so I needed some insurance for me and my kids. So I went and became a custodian. Remember I g- yeah. g- g- I went and became a custodian. Yeah, I, I did. I mean the kids would tickled to the kids at the door they 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 gave me a hard time at first about it, you know. You go from like, how do you go from an NFL player to sweeping floor? I'm like, it's life, man. That, that's that's the that's dudes life. Of life. That's the dues of life, man. And, and trying to get it. What looking back, it got me to where I am at today. Yeah, it made me appreciate everything, you know, because that was some of the most under underpaid people. Yeah. in the education system, it's the custodian, the lunchroom worker, the bus driver. You know, and, and I wish they could get paid
0: more. I'm going to go on the whole bubble with you and think Not, our whole education, yeah. educators, everybody As, works in the yes, school is Yes, they paid? but they're they around them way more than the parents. <clears throat> I yeah. mean, but, you know, that.
1: so I just did that. So I volunteered, then I was a custodian. And while doing that, I did go back to school, you know, and uh, ended up getting a fifth-year degree yeah. to where I can become a certified teacher to where I could, I guess you could say, get paid for my work. And uh, so now. I finished up with a master's, and um, now I'm head football coach. Look at you.
0: <laughs> so, what, when you went back to Dora, what what did you help Coach out with when he was there?
1: I helped um, with the defense. I was um, linebacker's coach and um, co-defense coordinator for the first two years. And then midway through the third year, I became the full time defense coordinator and um, and just helped with anything. I, I was the do boy the first year. Anything that needed done, I was there to do it. Yeah. I mean, I would – Leave my house, show up at the at the school at 12 o'clock every day. I didn't have a job. Show up at 12 o'clock and help out and assist with washing clothes, you know, staying after, weed eating, whatever, I, whatever to do to make the coach's job easy. Yeah. You know, that, that's what I thought my job was at the time, to just assist in any way possible. So. And to pour <clears> into <throat> them young men about really believing in themselves.
0: Yeah. If there's anybody that can help guide people throughout football and figure out life too, it's you. You, you you got the full experience, I guess you can say. So what uh what when did you decide we're gonna kinda try to do this by myself? About the head coaching thing? Yeah. I mean
1: I I guess you can say probably that second year yeah. going in, I was thinking that, you know, one of these days I wanna be able to do it everything the way I wanna do it. Not saying nobody did stuff wrong it's just the way I wanted to do it well in order to do that I need I said I need to keep being an assistant coach and keep doing and keep keep picking off coach Wright's brain yeah. you know keep getting all the information I can get on the coaching side of it cuz there's a difference between being a player and being a coach you know it's a lot more psychological stuff going into it yeah. as a coach you got to you got to be able to read minds you got to be able to you know read read young young adults but you know, and he and he kind of helped me with that too. He said, "I," and he kept telling me, "I think you'll be a good, a great head coach one day." He just kept telling me that. Yeah. He said, "You you got the drive, you know. You just you just got the it factor. I think you'll make a great head coach one day." And I, I just always stuck with that. And I'm not an ego person by no means. No. I mean, it it <clears> takes <throat> a whole a whole team, a whole coaching staff to get stuff done on and off the field. Yeah, you know that's. So he kind of helped me get that.
0: So, after Coach Wright kind of helped you get out the way, you eventually decided I'm going to be a head coach. You moved up the road a little bit, didn't you?
1: Yeah, I I actually, it actually went by choice. I mean, it was, after I got done with my degree, there was no job opening. First of all, Coach Wright retired. Yeah. So, there was a little uh, space in there with no head coach at door. Yeah. I mean, I, um, I applied for it. I interviewed for it. I still wasn't done with my degree at the time. Mm. But when I got they, so they hired a coach, which I don't fault nobody. Okay. Minute, and I'll get into that in a minute. But um, I got done my degree. And um, so a job came open at Carbon Hill High School. So I could be, A, you know, in a position the way I'm still a um, custodian, not being able to take care of my family. Or, B, I could go get it and, and keep the loyalty there. Or, B, you know, it's a job here. I can't be stubborn, yeah. you know. If I can, I can eventually go anywhere I want to, if that's what I want to do. But God, I prayed about it, and God led me towards you know the carbon Hill job, and and um, you know, didn't know a lot about carbon Hill at the time, you know, and and looking back on it, it was a blessing in
0: disguise. Yeah. So you uh, you probably had a tough time trying to leave Dora. I can yes. imagine that was hard. Yeah. Because the loyalty is there, right? You know, right. And when you decided to go to Carbon Hill, they weren't the best program. Right. But you went there and flipped the script. Right. Quick. Well, along with others. Yeah. We'll I mean, it you, when we get into that yeah. side of it. Yeah. But, yeah.
1: But, I mean, it's, and I can remember the first day going there, you know, and, and I look, pulled up to this nice school. I mean, if you go, it's a big, beautiful campus. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it houses K through 12. It's the hallway divided the middle. But I'm telling you. It's, the, the whole design outline is it, just perfect, man. It, it it's, it's how you want the high school set up.
0: Yeah. So you uh when you stepped out, decided to go up to Carbon Hill. Like I said, you know the, even when we were in high school, mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. not Look a bad. not a top right. program, right? But you built a team around you. You've right. got you got your players on track, and you did did something a little special this past season, didn't
1: right. you? Yeah, we did. Well, when we go into the assistant. All right, yeah. but as an assistant, I got there under Woody Smothers. Um, he was our, he was the head coach there when I got there, and um, you know he had kind of they had went I think like three straight years with no wins. He won two years in his first year, so when I got there, that was into his second year. Yeah, and you know, and it was tough at first because when you go try to change culture, you know that's that's a big that's a big word for me. Yeah. I'm a big culture guy. I'm I'm I'm. X's and O's are X's and O's, but I, I don't think you get over the edge if you don't got a good culture. Yeah. Because it, it, it outlasts the test of time, you know. So, he was there for a year, got let go. Um, Then Scott Kurt, who's an alumni of um, Carbon Hill, he came in after coming off a of 1-9 season. And, you know, he's another one of those guys that I look to as a mentor. His resume as a head coach tells you different, but I'm telling you, this guy knows this stuff, all right? He's a great guy. All right. And um, I just think he just had a lot of bad luck. He took a lot of bad jobs, but nobody would take a long time. Yeah. All right. Like him coming back to Carman Hill at the time. Didn't nobody want that job. It wasn't nothing but two applicants for the job really? at the time, yes. Wow. But you know, I kind of learned a lot from him. And one of the big things I learned from him was you got to be able to adjust to your surroundings. Meaning, you know, at door, different type of environment. Big following when they're winning, you know, a real big following. Winner, winning. Yeah, winning. I mean, yeah. it, it, I mean, they sell the place out. And um, but for him to come to a place, so you got to be, you got to be patient. It's what I learned from him. you. Got to be patient when you trying to change something around. You're not going to knock the wall down in one day, as he would say. Yeah, you got to knock it down brick by brick. You know, so I, I thank him a lot. He he taught me a lot, and we we talked to this day too. He's actually um. He actually spoke highly of me for the job when he retired. I mean, he basically said in the paper he didn't want nobody else having it but me. Yeah. And um, he's actually a volunteer working his way up the ladder at UAB now, helping with their football for program. That's awesome. Um, so I thank him a lot, too.
0: See, I, f- I forget that you uh, you also were an assistant at Carbon Hill for a little bit, so mm-hmm. pardon me. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. <for> four years. <laughs> it's, it's been a f- it flies <laughs> yeah. by. You get yeah. older, time flies by, and you forget little things every now and then. But. When you became, when they asked you to become head coach, mm-hmm. did reality kind of set in? Was yeah. there any moments of "Holy crap, I'm about to be over 50 kids"? Well,
1: and he used to always make the joke. I mean, we never, I never questioned what he did because I thought he did a hell of a job. And um, but he would say, "You'll see one day when it's your show." <laughs> I, I mean, the first situation came up where I got to make the decision at the end of the day. I mean, I at the end of the day, it don't matter what anybody else say in that room. It's my decision. Yeah. And it came down to keeping the kid not because he was a little trope. And it ain't as easy. I'm going to tell you right now. It ain't as easy as to look on TV. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not because you got to – the way I look at it now, if anything, if you look at the good side of something and the bad side of something. The good outweigh the bad, and then you make that decision. Yeah. But, yeah, but it was kind of kind of a shocker when you have to make that first big boy decision, yeah. what I call it.
0: But it, it, it comes with it. I I I was groomed. I was ready. And and I'm learning it every day. It's it's easy to sit and watch this stuff kind of happen on TV like so and so was suspended for breaking mm-hmm. team rules. Okay, well you also have to realize how it affects the kid exactly. and their future. Exactly. And that's what a lot of people don't tend to process, you know. I'm I'm a realist, so mm-hmm. I'm thinking of everything in the bubble that I can. I mean, so it's was it when you did, when you had to make that decision was it how am I going to affect this kid's life and his mm-hmm. future? Is this better for him or is letting him stay on the team and think what he's not doing is wrong? Is that going to benefit him in the long run? Because it benefits me as being a coach.
1: Exactly. If it benefits me, it don't benefit the kid. it ain't. I'm not doing my job. That I'm in for the wrong thing. It, it's about the kid. It's about bettering them. And like you said, the decision that came up was whether to tell this kid he can no longer be on our team. Yeah. But what's kicking him off going to do? If his behavior is bad, it's going to make it worse. We got to find out ways to help this kid. You know, we got resources out there to help this kid. That's what we coach for. We 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 more than just calling the play, you know, or telling them to do something. So, I thought, and I was right, was keeping him on. You know, guiding him along the way, putting in time with investing time in him. You know, let him know I care. And that's old another saying that goes around. A kid not gonna care what you say until they know you care. That is very true. true. Yeah. So we and I still talk to this kid to this day. I mean that was that was it's actually happened before I was officially the head coach, mm-hmm. and so he thanked me to this day that's, for that decision.
0: That's what you're you're doing, and that's why I really wanted you on here. Everybody everybody sees Chavis as the football player, but I you know I pay attention to what you're doing on your social media and everything. You're going up there and you're making boys into men, right? And with doing that, you're you're changing the culture of Carbon Hill football because, like we said, you know it wasn't a top tier program, it wasn't even really a middle tier program. No offense to them, but you came in as that when you got named the head coach and things started changing a little bit.
1: I mean, you go to a, a top tier program and you take over there; it's easy. Yeah, that's easy. You know, that's that's easy. But building from the ground up. All right, that's not what everybody want to do. And I, I love challenging. Yeah. And so, starting out, we just, we look for small victory. I'm not a moral victory guy, but small victory. What I'm saying, like, you won the day in the weight room. Yeah. You know, you won the day in the classroom. You know, you're the first one to take the trash out. There's no trash in the locker room. That's a win. Yeah. And we got visual guides for these kids, you know. What's a locker room supposed to look like? You know, what's a championship locker room supposed to look like? Yeah. and then, I don't mean by championship by trophy. I'm talking about good competitor, good attitude, you know, good spirit, good sense. Yeah. That's that's what we want. You know, that so we have stuff all the time. We have character ed once a week in the off season, You know, where we go over one of our pillar words, you know, trust, accountability, you know, pride, discipline, family, focus. You know, we, we, we discuss all those things. That way that they're getting the best of both worlds. They're getting good football, all right, and they're getting good life skills. Yeah. Because we all know this is going to be over with one day. It don't matter who you are. It don't matter if you're Ray Lewis or the kid that played the local part. One day it's going to be over with. So, we need to be doing our job teaching them something they can carry on in life. So, we do community cleanups. We do uh, some of the other things we do. We do, um, we, we haven't had a chance to do it this year. We call a teacher. um employee you give back i have the, the kids to the write a thank you note to the top three people that had impacted their lives inside of that school it might not be much but it means something to them employees yeah you know that that, 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 that that they know their job is really appreciated and i just think it's something that to teach a kid along the way man you're gonna have to thank somebody one day you owe somebody a thank you exactly right? and every thank you like coach Saban say is followed by i owe you yeah
0: when you've started doing that, how has it affected you as a person? Where, where's the personal growth for you? Because you have to grow up a little bit too to be a, be an impact on somebody's mm-hmm. life. You know, it's easy to be like, "Oh, I'm head coach." You you could have went there with your chest poked out, exactly. it, your chin up, and this ego about you. I
1: go in there like yeah. that. No kids ain't gonna want to listen to nothing I got to say. Exactly. Man, you I'm, know what I'm saying? I, I gotta I gotta earn that trust. I gotta let them know that I'm in it for the long run with them. Yeah. Like, we all got something coming. We're trying to make a change. We're trying to give a community hope, you know. Out of all the bad stuff that's going on in the world, we're trying to find something positive out of anything. If we can find something positive under a rock, we're gonna dig. Yeah. We're gonna find. it. But I mean, it, it it's, it's helped me out because it's made me more of a. Um, I pay attention to a lot of more things nowadays. I'm more attention to detail. I mean, I I can tell what type of day a kid having by how he's walking up. Yeah. I mean, it, it really has it really has helped me out a lot and it's helped those kids out a lot too and, and uh, they're my guys yeah. they're my guys they're gonna always be my guys and I tell them all the time
0: if it's 2 o'clock in the morning call my phone that's we, we need more coaches like that And you had a great example with Coach Rod he would uh hit you your tail out if you need to be you your tail. he'd pat you on the back if you need to pat on the back whatever and I think that's what you're taking to Carbon Hill you can see some of the tendencies from Coach Rod and the way you you talk now the way you carry yourself, the way you talk about your team. And when you, when you took on the job as head coach, you knew you had to, you had a lot of work to do mm-hmm. and you saw some fruits of that labor kind of start to come in after the first season. Mm-hmm. You beat Dora. Yeah. Jackass. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm proud of you, man. What went through your mind when you did? Beat Dora? <laughs> well,
1: I was ready. I, I, I'm drilled. I'm. I'm it's drilled in my head. I was ready for the next that yeah. game. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't. I didn't really cherish it like I, I should have. Probably we celebrated, but I was ready to move on to the next thing Yeah. You know, we we shut the next opponent out too. So after I got, I start getting greedy. Then uh-huh. I started telling, hey, we can't give up a touchdown. You know, we <laughs> that door game. it, it was a. Uh, it was good for that community. Yeah. You no know, door coming in ranked big classification. That five A. Was a three A. You no, know, nobody gave us a chance in the world. That was our message all week. Nobody outside of the locker room gave you a chance in the world. And it was the first time since I've been there that I really believe that the kids you know, you can say a lot of stuff and then go one in after the other. It don't Man. matter how hard you try. I really think they bought into the message that week. And and
0: it was it was it was a fun night. You it saw was it. a
1: very fun night.
0: You saw it carry over. Like you said, you you won the next game in a shutout and uh you brought something special to Carbon Hill—something they hadn't seen in a long time.
1: Yep, and then we made the playoffs. Yeah, yeah we made the playoffs—the first time in twenty years. You know, for me to do it, I—I I, I, all the things go to the kids. Yeah. All the things. i think a lot of times coaches take too much credit. Yeah, you know, playoffs win games, coaches
0: lose I'm gonna die believing this. Yeah, <laughs> you could have—I mean, you could have went in there and done the things you're doing still. And the kids couldn't have bought, didn't buy into it, and you could have still been one and nine, two and eight, whatever. But it took the kids buying into what you're teaching, Mm -hmm. and you know, like you said, a lot of players don't get credit for buying into that. They think a coach can come in there and change the culture, but in reality, all the kids need is just that spark. Mm And and
1: along and along with the kids, the school got to buy in. What I mean by that, yeah, they got to really, they got to really push. You know, the excitement, you know, they got to, the community got to buy in. The coaches, the assistant coaches got to buy in. That's your number one yeah. right there. The assistant coaches, they got to buy in to what you sell them because they are the direct message from you to the team, you know, so if you don't got good assistant coaches. My advice get rid of them because they ain't going to do number B problems. And, um, you um you can't have that. Yeah. And no organization you can't have to where you got a leak in the arm. So it. So I re- I'm really picky about who I who I want to help me coach, not not just because of what they can do on the field. They got to be good men first.
0: Yeah, you know that the kids see assistants as people that you would surround yourself with. You're spending hours a day with these people. You have to call them friends eventually. If mm-hmm. you don't like one of them, you still may end up liking them. They're there for a reason. You have to show those kids why they're there, why you trust them under their tutelage as well, and. A lot of people look past the little things that it takes to run a football program. Seeing you do what you're doing, that's made me pay a lot more attention to the detail because you took a not good program, brought them their first playoff run. Hopefully, you're going to bring them many more.
1: Yeah. That's uh, the goal. That's yeah. the goal.
0: <laughs> you know, so car, you went in and changed the culture. Everybody bought into it. Even our pep rallies at Dora, they were fired. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fun. Our what games did the kids say now they were lit. Yeah, lit. Is that is that what they say <laughs> now? They saying they were lit. Coach. Every Friday, you were looking forward to the pep rally. Then you'd look forward to we'd get to the games early, so on and so forth. We'd all hang out after, go to Green Top, get some ribs. After you know, that's the kind of stuff you want to take to Carbon Hill. You know, you want kids to look for the pep rallies. You want them to be at the games early, and I think that's what you're doing.
1: Yes, sir. There's no doubt. And we we eat after every victory. too. Yeah. we eat. we eat on Thursday following. That's something we did back when I played. That's something I, I kept with me this whole time, and the kids really enjoy it. And it gives them that edge to say, "Hey, we want to eat next week." Yeah, you know that's, that's extra incentive on top of. It.
0: So when you look back at everything that's happened over, we'll say the past ten to twelve years, where you're at now, if there any, was there anything you had changed or nothing at all?
1: Uh, I probably would have enjoyed it a little bit more, Yeah. you know, but I wouldn't change nothing. I mean, heck, like I said, ah, the good Lord has been good to me and my family, man. He has been good, and I, I just wanted to continue. Yeah, I just wanted to do the work for Him daily. You know,
0: you're a huge testament to what people can do with hard work and motivation, being surrounded by the right people, mm-hmm. and what you're doing in Carbon Hill that's also a testament to who you are man you're bringing the town together you know not many people think about carbon hill when you talk about walker county you think of jasper dora cordova but you're making people talk about Car- carbon hill football but more in reality people need to be looking at the things that are going on up there and you're changing it and you're help like said, like you said you know it takes everybody buying in but what you're doing is special you're, you're bringing a community closer together, and that's what I hope to do with this podcast is, you know, is let people see what what's around them in Walker County. There's special people everywhere. Yes, you have an awesome story, but I think what you're doing now is going to be your legacy in Walker County.
1: I agree. I think after my life after football is going to trump what I did playing. Yeah. And um, I, I can see it, you know. And, and like you said, we, we, we are striving daily, you know, to put that community on the map. Yeah. In in positive ways, and like I say, if anybody listening from Carbon Hill, we we would love your support, and uh, we appreciate you guys, and uh, look forward to what's in front of us, and
0: uh, like I said, say, go dogs! <laughs> At least you didn't have to change that up too much. No, man. I didn't. have to, I didn't, I'm, I'm still a boy, though. Yeah, so. <laughs> life's easier when you have when you do that. One more question: Do you take the boys to the pizza bar, any? Or do you eat? Are you eating ham and cheeses while you're out
1: there? Uh, I. I try to mix it up. i get a hamburger steak, but no, nah, it, it's very delicious. Yeah. Hey, I, and people not, might not like this. I'm still a big eater at Green Top. Hey, they got one in Jasper, so yeah. I, I'm close to one. And, you know, Tony's been good to us yeah. as, as, here too. You know, anytime I call and eat something, Tony Hedrick, he, uh, him and his wife, Leanne, they, they have been great to us and, and they're great to the whole county. Yeah. You know, and, and that's, that's, what get mixed up in this stuff a lot of times, is there are great people in this county. Mm-hmm. I mean, in every little community around here. They're, they're, I know we get, we in the news all the time for all the negativity, but like what you're doing, man, yeah. this is, this is marvelous. This is, this is outstanding, man. Appreciate it's, it. You know, it's letting people get on here and, and, uh, and talk about their stories and, uh, and, and by you taking up your time doing this, man, this, this is outstanding. And I, and I cannot thank you enough for this. And, uh, but, like I said, man, this is, I I'm sick of hearing how how bad this place is. Yeah, it's awesome. It's isn't it? It, it's, it's awesome. I I don't regret living here for anything. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's, I got a lot of good relationships here. <clears throat> my family's from here. You know it, and my kids growing up here now. And so yeah. we, we,
0: thank you, man. We talked, to, you know, we talked about it on a previous episode uh, how Walker County kind of made us fighters. You know, we fought for what mm-hmm. we believe in, and with you and like. Thanks for the plug. You know, yeah. we we believe in where we're from, and we're gonna fight to show you how good it actually is.
1: And, and, and you
0: wouldn't have came back if it was good, or if it wasn't back, wasn't good.
1: No, I would not. I wouldn't have yeah. my kids here. Yeah, I mean, that, and and to hit on what we were talking about earlier about the opportunity from recruiting and stuff, I really do believe it opened up doors for others. I mean, you look at the chain effect. Yeah, I get blessed to sign. You got Tim Simon out of Cordova. He signed Right to old Miss. Ryan Smith, he goes to Auburn, has a great career. I mean, then you got some kids from Walker that are playing now. I can remember one of the kids playing at UAB, Myra Mitchell, receiver from from Walker High School, mm-hmm. with now Jasper. Yeah, it's Jasper. I still say Walker sometimes. I mean, I, yeah. I do. I, but I can remember me being at the beach when he was a little kid, and he he showed me a picture not too long ago where he took a picture with me, and he told me out of his the words out of his mouth was, "I'm going to play Division One football." He's at the University of Alabama Birmingham. Had a spectacular season last year, and yeah. probably going to have a chance to play on Sunday. That's I, awesome. I'm telling you, Myron Mitchell, rem- remember the name Isaiah Cox, wide receiver from Walker. I mean, we we've had a lot of talent here. Yeah, you know, not many have had the opportunities that that I had and others have had. But it's it's a great place to live. It is. It's a it's a home atmosphere. You know, it, a lot of people you know know each other. Yeah, I, mean, I wouldn't want to stay in the
0: city wide. Didn't know nobody exactly like with you and me. You know we don't get to hang out as much anymore because we're grown men and have lives now. But all it took was one text message, and here we are. Like just like we was in high school. Yeah, I mean you same know, same type. <laughs> you know you don't you don't lose connections with your friends, and I think that's important through life. Even even if you're like okay, yeah, I got the heck out of there for a while, yeah. it, which we both did. Everybody that listens to the podcast know I didn't stay here for a long time, and you got out for a while. It's good for you. Mm-hmm. But it makes you appreciate where it you're from. Me grow. Yeah, it yeah. helps you bring something back to the table when you mm-hmm. do come back here, and that's what I'm, I'm. I love what you're doing at Carbon Hill. Uh, does anybody bug you about ever going to Dora? I know. I know you technically, probably legally, can't talk about uh, it. I can talk about
1: it. I mean, I hear bits and pieces of that time. I just tell them what God want me
0: to be. Yeah, you know? I think you're in the right place yeah. right now. It's- if you ever go to Dora, that's because you're needed there. But. Mm-hmm. I think you're doing awesome at Carbon Hill. I think you're where you're supposed to be. You're you're doing good for that community, and that's what we love here on this podcast. It's and I love do good for your community, and I love that community. Yeah, yeah. you gotta you have to love it. You yeah. live there now. Yeah. Closing out, I do this little segment called the last shots. It's thirty seconds. I'm just ask you a few questions. Answer them as fast as you can. If you don't know the answer right off the top of your head, you can say pass. We'll go into the next one. All right, you ready? Ready. All time favorite football player. Random off Favorite green top deal?
1: Barbecue sandwich.
0: Favorite play you ran in college?
1: Ooh. Uh, double Cinco.
0: Who had the biggest impact on your life? Jenna Wright. And Eric Caldwell. Coach Eric. <laughs> All right, man. That's it. Dude, you're <laughs> awesome. Chavis, dude, I love you, man. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for giving us part of your time. Maybe next time we have you on, you'll be like, we just got done with another playoff run.
1: Yes, sir. That's Let, the plan. Let's That's do it. Speaking David. into existence, baby. Hey, go Dawgs.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right, Chavis. We'll see y'all next time on Pass the Jar. We want to thank Chavis Williams for his time. If you don't have a football team to support, go check out Chavis and see what he's doing at Carbon Hill. We will see you guys next time. Stay safe, stay well, and Pass the Jar.